All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this is the Bonehead's Podcast, and tonight we're coming at you with a new idea, new approach. We're going to be uh, covering sports first, then we're getting some spooky stories, and maybe a conspiracy theory, um, you know? So, and sometimes that- some other shit, too. But that's for later <laughs> on, you know? You want to Personal hygiene. <laughs> but, oh, I do have Matthew's health tips at the 40-minute mark. Can I get my intro over with? Yeah, please. First, beautiful, barrel-chested Noah Snyder. As always. And the other, the right side of the nutsack, Matthew. <laughs> you best believe it, man. I don't produce the cum, but I still work. <laughs> All right, with that being said, we're going to change it up today, as I said earlier. Uh, so we're going to go into the uh, championship weekend in the NFL. So, uh, quick recap. From last weekend, the Eagles house division rival Giants, um, and the Niners beat up. Well, that didn't really beat up. I mean, Dak kind of hurt them, hurt the Cowboys in their own way. But Niners won. Um, so with the NFC Championship game, uh, it is the Niners at the Eagles. This game is at 3 o'clock on Fox. This should be a barn burner of a game. To me, San Francisco is the best all-around team in football. Uh, Brock Purdy starting to prove himself here and there. Defense is pretty good. And Philadelphia, just A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, um, Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders, Jalen Hurts. The defense, you got Fletcher Cox, you got C.J., you got Darius Slay. You got a stud defense there, too. And this is the two best. I think this is the two best teams in football right here, all-around-wise. I don't think Philly is overhyped like people say they are. Um, with that being said, Snyder, who are you taking in this one? Oh, man. Um, it's, it's hard. It's hard to say because both teams, both teams are just, I mean, they're just out of control. Um, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Eagles. Um, and I, I think, I think the reason is, um, is that people are still discrediting the Eagles because of their schedule this year, um, especially coming into championship weekend. So for me, I still feel like the Eagles have something to prove, um, still, even though they're in the championship uh, game this weekend, so um, yeah, I think I think Philadelphia is going to come in here. They're going to come in firing. Um, they're, I think their defense is really going to get into Purdy's face and make it hard for him to complete a lot of stuff. So, and Philadelphia is at home, which is to me is huge. Um, that gives you a very big advantage over the opposing team. So, for me. It's going to be Eagles. Uh, I think it's going to be a touchdown that decides it. Yeah, I'm going to take the Niners here. I'm going to take them in a three-point game. Um, I just think the defense is too good. I don't think Philly's in a defense like this all year. Um, all around, it's been one of the best defenses in the football in the last few years. They didn't have an offense last year. So um, right. this Niners team's legit, so I'm going to take them over that. Oh, uh, yeah, and I don't want to discredit there. the Niners, yeah. too. I think they're an amazing team. Um, yeah, Brock Purdy has really done a great job. I just think, I just think the Eagles are gonna, are gonna make it hard for him. 
I mean, this is officially this is his respect retrospectively his second straight test in a row. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys yeah. have one of the highest rated right. defensive lines, and Micah Parsons is a freak of nature and middle linebacker. Oh, agreed. And then you 100%. know, and this but this Eagles defense is really well rounded. Uh, so back up to the AFC Championship now. Uh, Bengals yeah. Chiefs last week the Chiefs eked out a win against the Jaguars, missing Mahomes for a little bit. Uh, he went and hurt the ankle. Wonder how that's going to hold up today. Uh, I mean, not today, uh, this weekend. And then the Bengals walked. Just kind of walked into Buffalo and walked out of it like nothing happened. We don't have to talk about that. <laughs> no, we're not going to, for your sake. Um, so, who are you taking here? Mind so, your games in KC. Yes, it is in Kansas City uh, at 6.30. Um, it'll be on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. That's pretty cool. Um, look, Joe Burrow's got ice, bro. I mean, ice for days. <laughs> and... Patrick Mahomes, though, yes, he is playing. Um, I don't think anybody forgot what happened to him the week previous. <sighs> With that being said, it is Patrick Mahomes. Um, he is of not of this planet. He is from Mars. I can confirm that um, because of his brother. They're definitely not from this planet. Um, Goddamn Martians. For real. If you've seen that dude dance, bro, you'd understand what I'm saying. Um, Is it good, dog? No. No, oh. bro. No. Um, uh. Yeah, I'm I'm taking Joe Burt, bro. I mean, that dude is an animal. And if you look at a lot of stuff that's being said this week leading up to this game... Dude, people are shitting all over Joe Burrow, and I I really don't understand why. Right. I really don't get it. Like, Patrick Mahomes, yes, he he is a once in a... There's nobody else like Patrick Mahomes. I get it, okay? But there's also nobody else like Joe Burrow. There's also nobody else like Josh Young. You know what I mean? Like, they're all individually that fucking good. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, So for you to just sit there and just, like, throw Joe Burrow to the wayside, dude... Okay, just keep giving the kid more field to fucking shut you up. You know what I mean? Like this is dumb to me. So I, I'm I'm taking the Bengals, dude, and I'm taking it. Oh man, I'm. It's gonna be a close one. I think. I don't think. I don't think it's gonna be a blowout by any means. I mean, Travis Kelsey is that dog on that offense. Uh, the guy literally catches everything. Even when Patrick Mahomes fucks up, he still catches the ball. Right. So I'm going to go three points for this one. Like you went for the last one. Yeah, I, I see this as a field goal winner, but um, it's going to be the Bengals all fucking day. Joe Burrow's going to get him two minutes left. Mark my words. I said it here first. Two minutes left on the clock. Joe Burrow's going to get him down to field goal range, and that motherfucker's going to kick him. Not Joe Burrow. I mean, he could probably kick a field goal too, but <laughs> Money field McPherson. goal kicker going to smash that fucking thing right between the uprights, bro. Um. I'm going to take, I'm personally, a, a, this is Cincinnati all day. Um, listen, yeah, Joe Burrow's 3-0 yeah, against Patrick dude. Mahomes. I don't care what the, all you KC yeah, fans dude. say. Burrow Fuck is KC, Burrow's the next greatest quarterback to ever play this football game. I'm sorry to anyone who's a fan of quarterbacks out there, but this you can't you can't be the, you can't be him and not be this great, right? Like, you can't just walk into the league, get hurt halfway through the year, and come back next season like nothing happened. Just you can't a, do all this stuff either, <laughs> and then just everyone shrug him off. Yeah. Like, no. what? Why? This this kid's that good and people For can't handle what? it. what? Goes against the norms, dude. Why? Because he doesn't fit your stereotypical statistical fucking yes. sheet. 
Fuck yeah, you. Yeah, that, that's how sports works, bro. Come on, you know this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Just stupid. Yeah, Bengals by 10. Ooh. Fuck my words. Bengals by 10. Listen, Burrow's been down every time Ooh. he's played Mahomes and still won. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. But <laughs> I, think, I think either situation, though, Pat... I think either situation, you, you're, you're, Joe Burrow is going to end up with this ball with like two minutes left. I think either way you go, either either it's a field goal or ten points. I think Joe Burrow ends up with the ball because this always happens. Every time he's played Patrick Mahomes, he ends up with the ball right at the end, and like that's what I'm saying. That's what makes him Joe Joe Burrow the fucking Ice Man, dude. He ends up with the ball and he ends up like just ramming it right down their throat. Yeah, and if they come out and play like they play Joel. And he dresses like fucking little Uzi Vert. So, I mean, if you're dressing like that, then it don't matter. Yeah, Joe Burrow's been down <clears throat> heading into the fourth quarter every time he's played Mahomes. Yes. Yes. When they played earlier this year, it was um, 24. Actually, they were tied. No, they were down. It was 24-17 heading into the fourth. What does Cincinnati do? Ten straight points shuts out Kansas City. That's what I mean, dude. Do we forget it's the playoffs the year before that? Do we forget the Week 16 matchup the, the, uh, that same year? Right. He's the best quarterback in football. I'm sorry to Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes fan. He's the best quarterback in football. I can't sit here and deny it. You can't. Especially after we did last week in the shit weather they had. Yeah, no. When your quarterback <laughs> dresses like he does, there's no way you can lose. And it's not even that. It's Have you heard the interviews from teammates? Like, he's just the old – like, when he, he doesn't say much. But when he, It's like Peyton Manning, right? People have said he doesn't say much, but when he talks, you listen. He's a field general. Yeah, when that's, he talks, what, you listen. That's what, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what Pat, Peyton Manning was. He was he was a he was a field general. Like, you know, when he comes into the huddle, everyone's quiet. Yep, he's got his Marvin Harrison. He's a stone cold killer, dude. He's a yeah. fucking assassin. Literal, literal <laughs> assassin. He's got bodies in his closet. <laughs> Tell me, I'm wrong. <laughs> Oh uh, no, I'm not. I think he does. I think he's, I think he drives a blacked out Lincoln Continental, and he's got the, he's got the dive truck. You dress like that, bro. You got to be killing people on the side. <laughs> All right, like so. dressing like you're in GTA. Come on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so enough of sports, Matthew. We're gonna let Matt take this one. What's yeah, up, take it away, buddy. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is story time with Matthew. So we're we're gonna cover uh, some. So. We decided Fridays we're going to have more of a looser aspect. Freaky Fridays. Yeah, Freaky Fridays. We're going to cover paranormal stuff, uh, conspiracies, anything we can talk about. Uh, maybe get some Matthew health tips in there. Hygiene. Got to be clean. A new regular activity. It's called Matthew's health tips. It's more along the lines of cleaning your shit. Now, stay tuned for Matthew's health tips, and I will help you be a more not smelly person. And you may be clean by the end of the month. Hell, you may even get laid. Thank you. <laughs> this has been a public service announcement brought to you by the Bonehead's Podcast. The <laughs> following has been a public service announcement brought to you by the Bonehead's Podcast. For anything, any other... <laughs> All right, so Matthew, lead us off with the story here. Uh, which one Which one are you doing? Uh, we're going we're gonna to start with story one because there's 24 here, and I guess I, I think we can use them for like 24 podcasts if you guys want to. You oh, keep... so dumb. All right, cool. Ooh, so oh, yeah, hold on, hold on. So we can get. So we don't. So we, this was brought up by Noah, by the way. Before everyone back home, who knows? Brought by Noah. They brought him and Matthew liked it. And I was like, sure, send it. So 
can we jump in to talk about this and in random intervals? Like, hey, what if like blah 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 blah. Yeah, that's what I want. That's what I want. Okay, okay. All right. Okay. Like, I, I don't you, want you tell the story. You so tell like, the story, and then we'll we'll go from what, there. What I, what I would hope and aim to for God, I can't speak right now. What I would hope for to happen is like I'm reading the story, and you guys just chime in at parts you're like, "What the fuck?" At you know. All right. right. All right. I'm also going to look up. Um, I'm also going to look up like history about it because these are short Historical stories. Historical context. Mind you. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to look up that stuff too. So to get into it, now that we're at 15 minutes, we're going to start at the Limp Mansion in St. Louis. So hmm. this is called the 24 24 of the freakiest real life haunted house stories ever. Okay. So back to it, the Limp Mansion in St. Louis, Missouri. So I have, I have, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt already. I have the Limp family's history. If you, you want that. Yes, it's pulled up right here. Yeah, you keep that up. I mean, uh, this has actually been covered on the story. Okay, cool. So starting with the story, starting strong with a very scary house. I'm going to read the article through and through. I'm going to cite the article too. The article I would from... like to point out too that it has 4.6 stars on Google. So that's impressive. Oh, so is it, <laughs> is it a B&B now? Yeah, I think it's like I a restaurant type there. thing now. Yeah, yeah it's like, like a restaurant. Stay there, get spooked. Hey, correct me if I'm wrong, but did Ghost Adventures cover this? That's what Probably. I was trying to figure out. I don't remember if there was an episode. There's a couple of them in there because I read through them all, and there's like three or four of them that the, the Ghost Ghost Adventures yes. covered. Yes, they did. Okay. Yes, I thought did. it looked familiar, but I wasn't sure. Right, 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 go, go ahead, Matt. Go ahead, Matt. No, Sorry. you guys are fine. You guys are fine. I mean, this is going to be an interesting-ass podcast. But... All right, so the Lamp Mansion in St. Louis, which is known to be one of the most haunted places in America due to its tragic history, and links to a wealthy beer baron. Ooh. Oh, did you also, the Exorcist House dun, is outside dun, of St. Louis, dun. too. I don't oh, know nice. if anyone knew that. Exorcist not, House is outside of St. Louis. That actually may be on really? this list because I have not read this whole list yet. Yeah, I'm pretty oh. sure the Exorcist House is there because the, um, yeah. All right. So. Adam John Limp, a German immigrant, was the first person to produce and sell large-style beer in the U.S. Lager style. I'm sorry. I read that all wrong. Lager style beer. <laughs> wow, I'm an idiot. He stored the barrels in an underground cave system beneath... Ooh, underground Ooh. cave system. Dun, dun, dun. Is there flowing water through there? That is one of the big... That is a big... Yeah, you would want that in the cave, but not the Hershey cave. You know what I'm saying? You, know. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want no water going through that thing. Do a flowing water right there. Fucking talk out Tuesday. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's gross. I just thought I imaged it. My oh no. Okay, continue <laughs> with the story. Um, he stored the barrels in an underground cave system beneath the city to keep them cool pre-modern refrigeration. Smart, smart. Very. very. I, but I want to know how that ambient temperature would be. Like, how cold is it down there? How far did he have to dig for it to be a good <laughs> right, temperature? Right, right. Because yeah. in my head, I'm thinking about room temperature, like 70-something degrees. You know, I I don't think the temperature difference would be that big. But isn't it isn't it true, and correct me if I'm wrong, but going back to, like, science, right? Like, the deeper you go, the warmer it gets, right? So... If you dig too Not deep, then it's get too warm, wouldn't it? The closer you get to the mantle, it gets hotter. Okay, so, ah. 
to the Earth's crust. Let's look it up. There. How do you? How thick is Earth's crust? How thick is the? It's a few miles, right? Earth. Yeah. Because, like, when you're building a house, right, so to code, especially in New York, upstate New York, since it snows so much, you have to dig your water lines, like... It is estimated uh, that the crust is 25 miles deep. Because the permafrost line is at 3. So, you would have to dig below 4 for, like, your water and stuff for your house up here. I know down south it's not really a big thing. But, like, up here you have to dig it below three feet because the permafrost line is at three foot. So, to give context into that. Well, I know that the Earth's crust is 25 miles. So, within, I think you would have to get within 10 miles of the mantle for it to start getting hot. But, like, the, the a little, you can go down, like, a few hundred feet to get pretty, you know, chilly down there. But I just want to know how far he dug. But let's go, let's go back to it. It was successful, but his son William Limp is one, the one who really brought it to the next level. Oh, he brought, he bumped that game up, dog. Yeah. So in the 1860s, William Limp wanted to live closer to the industrial plant and start a family with his wife, Julia. So they built the foreboding home in the historic Benton Park neighborhood right over the cave system. I like how it says, like, in parentheses. In, it says, we have, we smell a haunting. <laughs> yes. You cringy-ass fucking... Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, if you look at all these places, I mean, there's a cave system. I mean, there's always some sort of weird haunting, right? Yeah, I think that's why they said it like that. Um, to give context, so I had a I had a little thing right here. So it says the house was built in 1890, according to the St. Louis tax records. In 1911, the house underwent major renovations, including con- conversion from some space into offices for the Lent Brewery Company which then ceased all production when it was sold to International Shoe Company at auction in 1922. The Lemps lived in the house until 1949 when Charles Lemp committed suicide in his bed. And then in Now, the how 50s, did he do it in his bed? Did he I don't know. In brain? the 50s, uh, the mansion became a boarding house. Himself. So, 1950, the mansion becomes a boarding house. And then it said through the next decade or so, it lost a lot of its, like, appeal, charm. Um, The construction of the Interstate 55 during the 60s led to the destruction of much of the grounds and one of the carriage houses. So that's another thing, watching Ghost Adventures, whenever somebody removes from the original property or does something else, that's when shit kind of goes a little south. Because... You know, spirits have connections to that, so you start destroying a bunch of stuff or adding to it, they kind of get pissed off. Well, I will tell the, the listeners, like, if you're wondering what a carriage house is, it is a building for housing a horse-drawn carriage, typically such a building that has been converted into a dwelling. So that, that could have pissed them off, too. You remove the carriage house from the original grounds once you go to put the interstate in. And now, you know, all hell breaks loose, literally and figuratively. 
So. Well, back to the story. It's creepy. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, I'm just saying it's creepy. Um, everything seemed to take a turn for the worse in the new millennium, and William Lim died by Seuss unaliving himself in 1904 after his favorite of five sons, Frederick, died tragically due to complications of tuberculosis. Ah, TB. Yeah. A few years later, his wife also died of cancer in the house. Oh, dude. This guy yeah, they, they, think, they think the house is cursed or something. I know that's one of the big things It just keeps it. adding, so they must have built the grounds on something, too. That's always possible. Uh, it says, in 1920, the youngest daughter, Elsa Limp, mysteriously died in her home, not the Limp Mansion. Then, in 1922, after running the company for years and seeing it flounder, during the Prohibition era, Lim- William Limp Jr. shot himself in the same room William Sr. died in. Whoa. Damn, he went out So like then he hot. goes and, and unlives himself in the same room that his dad did. Yeah. So that could add to it as well. Yeah, no, because, like, I wonder if nowadays that room is, like, where people experience a lot of, like, what happens. I know there's there's one that's, like... Really, well, it's, dude, it's got to be that one. Yeah, that's. I think that's the room where everyone's kind of like, oh, yeah. I wonder if there's like something in the beer. The mm. room in the, in the Exorcist house is. So how yeah, far just, away? Is, how far is it away? Is it from that house? That's what we should find out. Uh, I'm doing it right now. It's it's really not that. It's literally just across St. Louis. You go up 70, and it's right there. So there you go. Perfect trifecta. There seems to be a lot of scary shit in St. Louis. I think just it's just from like I mean the Mississippi show, runs right through it, man. The Mississippi's got so much death and and just bad shit that's happened on the Mississippi between shipwrecks, slavery, wars, like all that shit combined. Wars, yeah. And this is I mean, if you look at it right now, I'm gonna send you guys this in. There's a ping. And the thing is, like, literally, the, the Mississippi River runs right behind it. There you go. I just sent it to you guys on our group chat. But, um, yeah, no, they, they say oh, that, that this house far. is, that, yeah, it's not far at all. Uh, for those of you who can't see, it's literally across St. Louis. Oh, my like, God. It, you, go like... from, you go from the Mississippi River along 55, and if you go to 55 to 70, you follow 70 all the way up towards Norwood, and you're in there. You're Dude, in that's like a half-hour drive of that. I don't even think it's that. I think it's 15 minutes. Yeah. So. It's just a few blocks, dog. Even yeah. even more. So. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. So then it goes <laughs> on to say, although many of the original details of the home have been replaced, there are still some remaining pieces. The decorative iron gates from the open air elevator can be viewed from a basement restaurant. So it's a restaurant now in the basement um in the office where william Wimp jr committed suicide there's still an italian marble mantle which would and keep all the energy during the episode they like put stuff on that mantle uh they did something with one of the bedrooms i don't think one of the bedrooms has been changed and let's see um the ceiling in the parlor is hand painted and the materials are in in inter- Intricately carved African mahogany. Intricately. Jababoom. Yeah, intricately. <laughs> the main bathroom includes a glass enclosed shower that Lemp 
brought back to St. Louis from an Italian hotel. The three vaults where the lamps stored their art pieces are located in the rear of the home. And Imagine walking so, into a, like a glass shower and seeing Noah and just freaking the fuck out. Dude, I'm telling <laughs> you, right? Like naked. Seeing me naked. Like, oh. And then the lamp Dude, mansion you're nothing but like a, a jigglypuff with a beard. Dude, I'm Snorlax. <laughs> I'm literally Snorlax with a beard. I mean, the I lamp could, mansion is currently a restaurant. Right? A restaurant and inn owned by the Pointer family. Tours both historically and haunted are offered at its venue for murder, mystery, dinner, theater, and Halloween parties. There are other nearby buildings of historical interest, including the Shalaton de Menel House. I'm not sure what that is. It doesn't say. They're German. So. Yeah, no, that's that's kind of creepy, dude. Well, the story also goes on to say that uh, one of William Jr.'s brothers, Charles Limp, lived in the home from 1930 to 1949 and killed himself. Sorry. Yeah, but here's some more info. When he shot his own dog in the basement of the home before dying of unaliving in his room. That's crazy. And that's where the restaurant is now. Yeah, in that same year, the youngest surviving limp child, Edwin, sold the house and transformed it into a boarding house where reports mm-hmm. of hauntings began. According to Destination America, witness, witnesses have experienced burning sensations, slamming doors, disembodied moaning and crying, and almost amongst other things. I want to know what these amongst other things are. Oh, and well, then, uh, sure, like possessions, people, possessions yeah, things getting thrown at you, um, yeah. a whole bunch of stuff, dude. This is yeah. this is one of the premier this places. Is numero uno. And then um, the last part says today the Limp Mansion is a restaurant and inn that also holds events including weddings, murder mystery dinner, dinners, and uh, even ghost hunting experiences. Yeah, this is. I mean, I don't know if you've ever watched a Ghost Adventures episode, but it's pretty good. I, oh yeah, let's just Ghost Adventures. Like ghost Adventures should America's- be better if that big muscly dude wasn't such a bitch. Oh, that's Zach's what makes not- the show though. <laughs> that's what makes the show when he makes Aaron go into every freaking room possible <laughs> by himself. So that's the room where we've had the most activity. People get killed. Aaron go in there, but dude, come on. <laughs> and then they start screaming and shit like dog, man, you are muscular as shit. You're going to act like a man child. Jesus, son. Jesus. Sorry, I don't man. know. I mean, Hold up, hold up, Noah. Hold up. Also, for anyone who needs to know what the beer company was called, it was Falstaff Beer. Oh, that sounds like a good name. And it dominated the and it dominated the St. Louis beer market before prohibition. Well, Patrick, hold on. Guess what time it is. You wanna know what time it is? What time? You really wanna know what time it is? It's almost out of time. It's almost out of time. Get ready, guys. Get ready. Anticipation. Oh god. Anticipation. Oh no, he's gonna and do it, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, no, he's it, is, do it. it is time for it is Matthew's time. health tips, ladies and gentlemen. Matthew Hall. Welcome to Matthew's health tips. In this hour, we are going to talk about. <laughs> now, I know you some. There are some freaks out there that love to not wear deodorant. Let me just tell you, it is fucking horrible. You guys don't need to be doing that because that is a dick move. Some people like going to these comic cons and then Star Wars cons and then other cons out there. And then you got these big, sweaty, smelling dudes, or some women, some women, I'm not going to leave them out. 
they love to go feral. So, please, pick up a stick of deodorant. Rub that shit underneath your goddamn arms. Get it in there good. And then, if your coochie or your balls stink, including that taint, because there's nasty taints out there. And I cannot describe the smell to you. It's just absolutely horrible. Wait, how do you know what they smell like? Uh, Have you ever sniffing them? Dude, you were in boot camp. I was in basic training. Guess what? We both had smelly taints. Bro, I don't know. Man. Back Maybe to Matthew's health tip. I don't know. Shower. <laughs> they were like, get in that shower. We're like, oh, okay, get in sorry. there. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get in there. Yeah, yeah. Right. But as I was saying before, this advertisement was brutally ruined by Patrick. <laughs> Did you say advertisement? By Patrick Star. No, <laughs> this is Patrick. Little, little, little. But as I was saying, if you put deodorant on your tank balls or coochie, your stuff will smell better. You'll be appreciated. Every time you walk into a room, it'll be lit up by the smell of Old Spice or Dove or some other great shit. But please, for the love of God, wear deodorant or don't go out in public at all. That works. That yeah. Work. <clears throat> and that is the end of Matthew's Health Tips. No, Stay I tuned think, for our next Matthew's Health Tips. No, seriously, it's important to wear deodorant and smell good. Like if you don't if you don't have money for deodorant, just ask people if they can buy people, you. Like ask ask me Dude, yes. I just got the I got I just got the best best editing idea for that little health tip right there. What? Like you Matthew's know that health tips. No, 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 no. <laughs> you know that like soft music that they play in, at the back of uh, in the background of uh medication commercials? <laughs> I'm gonna oh do that, God. but every time I get interrupted, I'm stopping the song. <laughs> and then when I keep on going, we'll play it again. That's what I'm gonna yes. do. Yes, yes, that's great. Agreed. Oh, agreed. Man. I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm loving this. All right. So, what other details do we have about the Limp Mansion in St. Louis? Um. So yeah. Um. Falstaff beer brand was one of the. Um, I mean, it started in 1838. Limp Brewery of St. Louis. Uh, it was renamed Falstaff? after the Shakespearean character Sir John Falstaff in 1903. Production peaked in 1965 with seven million barrels. Are you then, sure it's 1965? Yeah, production peaked in 1965 with 7,010,000 huh. barrels. Seven, oh, sorry, hold on. 7,010,218 barrels brewed and then dropped 70% in the next 10 years. Wow. Like Pabst, Pabst um, the rights Ew. to the brand are currently owned by Pabst Brewing Company. No shit, so it's still around. Yeah. Hmm, that's interesting. That, that, that makes it that much crazier that their company is still technically in like somehow some way is still around yeah for real wow. nice but at the same time Paps Blue Ribbon is absolutely gross oh, we're gonna agreed. have some pissed off listeners when we hear like when they hear that I just oh, don't care I mean, because that shit is literally gruel it's there's disgusting. literally a million different other kinds of beers that you could drink and it would still be better than Paps Blue Ribbon I mean really Yingling, for God's sakes, is better than Pabst Blue Ribbon. Dude, you know what I could do? I could literally go drink horse piss. It'll be a lot better. It'd probably be the refreshing. same. Yeah, it'd probably be the same. Ew, would it though? I don't know. Probably. <clears throat> I feel like that's how Pabst Blue Ribbon started. You know, they just like stood in a carriage house. No, just, that's how Coors Light started. It just, I don't know. Sucked off a horse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just milked. They milked the horse's piss. 
to make really gonna have to slap that explicit tag over there. Just like it's it's on every episode. Good. It has it has to be. It has to be because one of us says fuck way too much. Spotify is gonna be so fucking mad. This used to be a clean show, folks, and then we brought Matt on, and now it's just gone. Yeah, that's a lie. Don't even start that. You know that's a lie. Dude, I'm just being after the bills. It started after the bills almost lost to the fuck. I'm bringing the dolphins. I'm bringing that E to the raunch, man. So it was raunch, now it's raunchy. 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 Yeah, no, not ranchy. No, I think we should. I think we should. uh, When we start getting, you know, more notoriety and money, we should send Matt there on a trip. You know, no, I'm definitely going. I'm definitely going. I want to hear Noah be a little bitch. I'm going. I'm 100 percent heading. Dump my, I'm gonna dump holy water all over myself before I walk in there. You know where we really should go and try and do an episode? What? Or like afterwards, we should go to Vegas and then go to the Haunted Museum. Oh, dude. Go to Zach Bagans Haunted Museum there since he just bought that other building behind the museum. Yeah. He's doing stuff to it. Yeah. Yeah. That would, that would be it. Um, what? Um, so what else you got? Um, I mean, I could do another story, or we can do a murder. Let's do a murder. Let's do a murder. Let's do a murder. Let's, let's um, do unsolved, creepy murders. Let's do. How how does that sound? That sounds. Yeah, good. I'm down. Okay. okay. We could also mix it up too, and just do like creepy stories. Do that too. All right, what you? I'm trying to find one. Oh, I mean, there's probably plenty. There's probably tens, tons of things of people getting abducted and never coming back and then showing up years later. Like that one in Australia where that little girl got, she just kind of went vanished. She just kind of vanished, right, from a camera oh, or whatever. Yeah, 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 and yeah, then yeah, she yeah. appeared on the side of a highway. And they, yeah. think it was, they think it was a skinwalker that, like, took her. She just kind of appeared. Also, did you guys know black holes are spitting out stars? I heard. Three that's years kinda, later. Three years later, spitting hot. out stars. That's kind of hot. Spears are quitters. No, we don't like those. <laughs> There's a bunch of spitters in the galaxy these days. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know if anyone knew that. So I did not. <sighs> Hold on. All right, so I found one right here. Ooh, got, here we go. Here it, we it's go. not really like murder or anything, but it, it, it's kind of weird. Uh, well, the title's weird. It's called, it's named, um, my name is Cleo. Girl 4 is found 18 days after vanishing from campsite. What? Ooh, let's send that. Send it. Cleo Smith, the little girl. Hold on, I had a little gas right there, you know what I'm saying? Disappeared one night while camping with her family in a remote area of Australia. She was found alive and well in a locked house, and a man was detained. Oh, kidnapping. Wait. Who would be out there camping with them? Who would they bring? <laughs> in Melbourne, Australia, a four-year-old girl who vanished in the dead of night while camping with a family in a remote area of, the Western, Aust- of, of Western Australia was found alive and well 18 days later in a locked house, and the authorities... The authorities said on Wednesday, I don't know where that and came from, sorry. 
The girl Cleo was freed after the police broke into the empty house in the Carnarvon. In Carnarvon, I guess that's how you say that. The same town where she and her family lived. Detectives openly wept upon finding her. What? Hmm. They cried? Yeah, bro. She hmm. was missing. They thought she was dead, dude. Well, that's crazy. The police later detained a 36-year-old man and said he had no known connection to the family. I uh, saw so he was just a predator. Right. And I thought you said uh, she was found on the side of a highway. I thought she was, too. There was one, I know there was one that they found her, like, on the side of a highway. Huh. So well, this one, this is weird, dude. How does that... Like, how does he fit into the group? If he's got no known connection to the to the family, like, what, what, what was he just like sitting behind rocks one night waiting for them to go to sleep? Maybe. You know what I mean? Like, how does how they don't have any more information other than that? They never got a confession from him or like anything. Uh, let me go back to it. Let me go back to it. Uh, I just want to know how the how the hell he fits into all this shit. Other than he's with the girl when they find her. Well, uh, how did they find her? No, like how? How does that guy fit into the? Yeah, how does the guy fit into the whole? Well, it doesn't say. It just says no family connection is. It says a 36-year-old man with no family connection is in police custody. Uh, That's crazy, Police Commissioner Chris Dawson told ABC Radio Perth. What? Yeah, Perth, Australia. Yeah, Perth, Perth, Australia. Okay. He was not in the house at the time of the raid, Blanche said, and is currently being questioned. Police don't suspect anyone else of being involved, he said. He's, he's, He's just a pedophile. (laughs) <laughs> what the? That's crazy, bro. Yeah. And then, so they're out camping in a remote location, and then he ends up taking her back to where, like, the town that she's from. I wonder if he, I wonder if they were followed. Yeah. Yeah, they could like, have been. Like, maybe he knew them prior because they said that. Well, they took her back to no a family house connection. in their neighborhood. Right, but no, like maybe he had been following them for a while. It also says not going... far where they lived. It doesn't say in like a neighborhood or anything. So like not far from where they lived. So maybe he, I don't know, maybe he did his homework, I guess. I don't know. Or maybe she knew the person. Said no family connection though. Well. That's... Yeah, but they don't know how she got there, who got who put her there, right? Well, this guy, right? Well, yeah, he was detained. I'm not seeing a name. Uh, the guy took her and her sleeping bag, which is also weird. Hmm. Wow. Was there any signs of, like, him doing anything to her? Like, physically hurting her? No, she's fine. She's all well and fine. So he doesn't... This is so weird. 
so he doesn't do anything there. He doesn't like beat her. He doesn't, you know, do the thing. Do anything, you know, sexual. He just oh. takes her and brings her to a house. It's so weird. It, it is a little bit weird, but I'm trying to get into it. Uh, let's see the investigation. Throughout the investigation, police said they they had no suspects and repeatedly ruled out Cleo's family as having any involvement in her disappearance. One of the few right. leads came from witnesses who reported seeing a car headed south on the main road from the campsite mm. to uh, Carnarvon at around 3 a.m. on on the day Cleo disappeared. Police urged the driver or urged the driver or occupants of the vehicle to come forward. As of Tuesday, police hadn't revealed if they had found that car. Earlier this week, police sorted through hundreds of bags of trash collected from roadside bins north and south of the campsite where Cleo went missing. Officers also started visiting homes in the Carnivon area looking for any sign of the girl. Uh, WA Police Minister Paul Papalia, or Papalia, told reporters Wednesday Cleo's rescue was the result of hard police grind. Nice, interesting word. Uh, Not a tip-off or a single suspicious event. Over 18 days, police gathered of evidence, including interviews, CCTV footage, phone data, and a thousand calls from people offering information that once analyzed pointed Oh, so it was a guy's house. house. Yeah. That's what it says, yeah. Wow. Uh, Detective Senior Sergeant Cameron Blaine was one of the four officers who entered the single-story house with a search warrant after just after midnight Wednesday and found Cleo in a bedroom. Yeah, it says, um, in an interview after Cleo's disappearance, Ellie said that the girl had gone to bed in the family's tent at around 8 p.m., woke up early the next morning at like 1.30 a.m. asking for water and had returned to sleep after be- being given water. When the family woke at 6 a.m. on October 16th, they discovered both Cleo and her sleeping bag missing. The tent that the family was sleeping in was open to a length of about 30 centimeters from its fully open position. That's so I wonder weird. What, I wonder what it said. The family briefly searched the area for Cleo and informed police at 6.23 a.m. After God, they realized I, she was not in the vicinity of the campsite. So, I wonder, I wonder. Hmm. Well, I'm trying to look up the motive. I, but I don't see one. I've looked at two links so far. I, I guess it was just a fucking creep ass motherfucker he wanted to do things to that little girl that should not be spoke of and yeah shouldn't be done to any kid no it shouldn't and if no you fucking do that it. even secretly you suck you, you fucking suck you be... oh, yes you know yes, Matt. yes Matt <laughs> they're not funny this is interesting on 3 November Media outlet 7 News named the wrong person as Cleo's alleged abductor. 
retracting and apologizing later that day. According to NITV News, that person intends to sue Seven News, claiming that their misidentification required him to go under required him to go to undergo medical treatment following a severe panic attack. That sucks, dude. Yeah, and then you know, it says it sucks. January 2022, it was revealed that Kelly will face additional charges for assaulting a police officer. Oh, wow. So the guy that did, yeah, so. Yeah. This is Get fucked. This is like Get no. Fucked. It's just like they looked, didn't find her, kept going, putting out a million dollar reward, and then she just pops up. There's like nothing here. I mean, what would you do for a million dollars? No, I know, but like. Oh, you don't want to know what I would do for a million dollars. I know what you would do for a million dollars. Oh, what would I do, Patrick? (laughs) I'm not saying it on broadcast, homie. What would I do, Patrick? (laughs) I'm not saying it on broadcast. Inform the listener on what I would do. Oh, you would suck the chrome off a bumper. You fucking believe it, dog. (laughs) Hey, all right. You got a million dollars. I'm going to go fucking get it. (laughs) Oh, this is also interesting, too. Inspector John Monday said that said on the same day that the zip on Khalil's tent was open higher than she could have reached, stating the position of the zipper was a primary factor that had given rise to concerns about Khalil's safety. Yeah, yeah, this all would have been prevented if Australia didn't ban guns. Well, this all could have been prevented if everything didn't try to eat you in Australia. If they were, if she was in the same tent as her parents. That's why they need guns. So, key in that is everyone has to sleep together. And how did they not wake up? I don't know. I'm sorry, but I would have woke up to a rustling sleeping bag uh, and a big-ass figure above me. Ladies and gents, Patrick has to go take a dump, a poop, a steamer. So, with that, ladies and gentlemen, sorry, that's why I've been quiet. I'm trying to focus here. Trying to hold this one in. Um, that's Noah Snyder. It always is. <laughs> and that's been Matthew Hall. I'm Patrick Coluccio, and this is the Bonus Podcast. We'll see you on Tuesday. Peace. <laughs>